0: Talk to me. Samantha, how was your week? Uh, I don't know, Dad, it was kind of tough. Billy and Ellen broke up, and Ellen's kind of mad at me because she saw me talking to Billy in the cafeteria. And you remember that sculpture I was working on? Well, it was a unicorn, and the horn broke off, so now it's a zebra, okay? But I still think I'm gonna get an A, right? Mason, uh, how was your week? Well, Dad, you know how it's kind of tough? Joe, he's kind of a jerk. Actually, he stole some cigarettes from his mom, he wanted me to smoke them. But I said no, because I knew what a hard time you had quitting smoking, Dad. How about that? Is that so hard? Dad, these questions are kind of hard to answer. What is so hard to answer about what sculpture are you making?
1: It's abstract.
0: Okay. Okay, that's good. See? That's, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were even interested in abstract art. I'm not.
1: They make us do it. But Dad, I mean, why is it all on us, though? You know, what about you? How was your week? You know, who do you hang out with? Do you have a girlfriend? What have you been up to?
0: I see your point. So we should just let it happen more naturally, right? That's what you're saying. Okay, that's what we'll do. Starting now.
1: Welcome to episode 127 of Vague Zone. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas. And I'm your other host, Daniel. And today we are concluding our coverage of the theme of coming of age with my choice, boyhood. So Daniel, would you like to read us the IMDb synopsis
0: for boyhood? Sure. The life of Mason from early childhood to his arrival at college. That's kind of a silly description because it <laughs> sort of assumes we know who mason is uh, and why yeah. <laughs> this life is interesting
1: um, and, and does not include the uh the major hook of this movie <laughs> and the yeah. whole reason why this movie is uh considered noteworthy and sort of why i chose it in the first place and i will explain that is because uh, the director richard linklater shot this film over 12 years and the actor Eller Coltrane was uh six years old or like yeah six years like six years old or so at the time and so it covers him growing up he actually ages in real time from six years old to 18 years old so Mm -hmm. it's very surreal it's sort of like a -a one-of-a-kind sort of film experience when you're watching these same actors and this kid sort of grow up and literally turn into a man and yeah. turn into like a grown man as he's acting opposite of ethan hawk and uh um, patricia arquette and I, I just think yeah the concept is just fucking just very uh, very ambitious very mind-blowing how they were able to pull this off and yeah i remember when this came out i was very curious about it but just never got to see it in theaters didn't catch it when it was out and so i thought it would be a very good choice to sort of wrap up our coming of age Conversation. So, Daniel, what's your connection and relationship with Boyhood?
0: Uh, I am a I am a man. <laughs> I was yes. formerly a boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I saw this movie. I saw this movie when it came out in theaters, and I originally, I, I remember walking away from it feeling like it was fine, like I I liked it, but I remember thinking it had like a lot of problems um, mm. that. You know, outside of the gimmick, it feels like there's not much of a story here. Um, And watching it nine years later, I feel way more favorable of it than I did back then. Um, Okay. Interesting. I was reading Letterboxd reviews today, and I think a lot of people... A lot of those reviews are from, you know, eight years ago. And uh, I think a lot of people, you know... They kind of have that same perspective that, like, okay, there's not much of a story here. He's not that much of a character it feels like he's not very thoroughly defined um he just he's just kind of an emo kid who's a bit like reclusive um (laughs) but i think that's kind that's the point (laughs) like i think that's i think it's an intentional decision that uh he's not like a fully fleshed out character he's a little more of a rough sketch because it makes it easier to connect with and easier to sort of uh you know project yourself onto the character uh and like these are you're getting (sighs) okay so so his character over the course of the movie he takes an interest in art he becomes a photographer uh and he starts to have like you know young person deep thoughts (laughs) what strikes you as deep thoughts when you're young and (laughs) yeah (laughs) and we don't necessarily get a sense of how he feels about art uh, why he's passionate about photography, like what his thoughts and feelings and opinions are on photography it's just like an interest that he has um, and yeah. we only kind of get a glimpse of it and I think if you delve too deep into why he cares about the things he cares about uh, like what his pers- not necessarily why he cares but like what his perspectives are then um, I think the movie then kind of becomes it becomes less about the experience of growing up and more about this one particular person um yeah and so yeah. i feel like he i feel like richard Linklater, like perhaps he intentionally wanted to create some distance um because it feels like a movie is mostly about like when it comes to fleshed out characters it feels like it's more the parents who are fleshed out and yeah, what yeah. is their experience watching their child grow and you know eventually leaving the nest sort of thing um, yeah but yeah what I, I think there's tons of sort of like magical moments in this movie that I really For appreciate sure. on the rewatch uh, I think there's one se- severely awful scene in this movie which we'll get to uh, involving I think when he's in the eighth grade hanging out with a bunch of boys oh okay, um, gosh gotcha. but uh, but I uh, um, yeah I'm pretty favorable of it what about what about you yeah
1: I, th- yeah I agree with what you're saying except yeah I I think it's cool that you sort of came around back to it. Um, and yeah, because I didn't see this when it originally came out. And watching this now, I was definitely, like, amazed by the gimmick and sort of just it really into the story. And I definitely really appreciate the way that... Okay, so the one criticism this movie sort of gets is, like, oh, he just becomes kind of like a boring photography, like, art kid. That kind of yeah. Just, like, angry at the world, angry at social media. And that's kind of, like... We all sort of get that. But I do really appreciate that this movie gives us a very visceral and well-defined timeline of his parents sort of having this broken home. And we sort of see how this very relatable suburban kind of angst we can sort of see where this come from we see we we see how it just grows very naturally out of like this dad who has like his own like liberal sort of ideology and is like pushing his kids to sort of like be involved in that political thing Mm -hmm. and like his mom is just like just wants to have a career and clearly is just like like focused and they're sort of just like lost in the middle of that and sort of consuming media or just doing whatever you know normal kids do i found myself relating to a lot of the details of this you know like specifically like them going to a harry potter book release yeah. or like you know like him having like dragon ball z all over his room and stuff I'm like that's how that's how my like childhood room was and like and i remember being very hyped for those like book releases of harry potter and all of that has felt very specific and very palpable in a way that it wasn't for mid 90s in a way that this felt very authentic and very real and it doubles it doubles down with the fact that okay we have this gimmick that we're actually filming these things over the course of these long periods of time and yeah, so by the time he's, like, doing the literal hair flips and talking about, like, social media is being dumb, I'm like, you know, I kind of get it. Like, his yeah. mom is dating, like, these dumb conservative dudes who, like, are fucking dickheads. And one dad is, like, literally throwing glasses at him at the table, which yeah. is, like, like, gnarly abuse. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, my life was amazing. Like, I had, like, a very cushy childhood not having to be ripped out of, you know, a family a unit and, you know, have to just bounce from house to house and living with this... Instability. And and so I kind of, I'm a little easy on Mason. I'm like, you know, maybe give him another four years in college and then he'll fucking actually have some shit figured out. Because actually, a lot of us don't have it figured out by the time we're graduating high school.
0: It's interesting because I feel like, like he, despite growing up in this, you know, the project of divorced parents, his mom uh, eventually remarrying to an abusive alcoholic. Um like he has reasons to lash out, but we don't really see that. Like he he's a pretty good kid over the course of this movie. Yeah. Um yeah, the fact that he becomes an art nerd, it's like, thank god. <laughs> like he could like like that I think yeah. this movie it's interesting watching this alongside something like mid nineties, where mid nineties it is a particularly it is a particular moment in uh young American male youth that is very destructive uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like at that age like we were feral at that age like yeah, yes, uh, yeah. and i feel like we don't necessarily capture that here so this kind of brings me back to the the scene when he's in the eighth grade hanging out with a bunch of boys in in a, uh, a house that's still under construction <laughs> like they are yes, breaking yes. shit they're throwing saw blades uh so it's kind of touching on like the destructive force that is uh, a 12 year old boy but um but at the same time, it's just brutal to watch because, like the, it feels like student theater. Like the these kids are not actors, and they're delivering yeah, it, very written it, lines. It feels like
1: it, it is rough. The conversation they're having is also kind of rough. Where it's like it's two of them sort of pushing the other other three to kind of like all right we're gonna like do gonna like get some girls over and like drink yeah. and like, do like and it's just like yeah it's clearly like the dynamic is definitely off uh, there's a lot of dread in that scene because they're like breaking boards and like throwing sauce and shit i'm like yeah. this like someone's gonna get hurt um, so i'm always i'm always worried about the kids getting hurt in one way or another so i'm always just like please let them be okay um, but yeah, I found that scene also very relatable because I don't know about you, but I definitely hung out in some abandon—sorry, uh, not abandoned—in uh, construction houses yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in, back in the day. And I was just like, "Yep, yeah, that's that's absolutely authentic." I don't know why that's an attractive place for the youth to go to, but. I I, I did it. uh, At least the setting works for me. The the, yeah, the performances get a little rocky. I think he's like an okay actor. He gets a lot of flack for being bad, and I don't think I I necessarily say the performance is
0: bad. I think it's just yeah. I think he's better when he's a kid. (laughs) Like he gives like a pretty good, genuine kid performance, and then I don't know. Like he's playing the role of sort of a quiet, artsy teenager that's how they act like they're a little like uh shy they're awkward um they don't have their shit together um like i wasn't very outgoing i was i was pretty shy uh yeah same here (laughs) yeah and so i feel like he's doing a good job of representing that i don't think he's he's not written to be like this big personality um yeah, yeah i think his performance is fine
1: yeah, what, what, how do you feel about the performance of Patricia Arquette? Because she won an Academy Award for Absolute her performance. Absolutely, fucking great.
0: Like, yeah. especially... So I remember the final scene of, like, her sending her son off to college, and she's she's moving, too. Uh, and I remember her breaking down crying, but what I did not remember was how devastating the final line of her like, speech is, which is, I just thought there would be more. That, like... Yeah she's not crying because she's sending her son off to college. She's crying because her life feels like it's just these peaks and valleys. Like she's getting to these checkpoints. One of those checkpoints being sending your son off to college and the next checkpoint being death is what is how she perceives it. Yeah. But, uh, and so <laughs> he's like, there's still like 40 years between. That. Yeah. He's like, he's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like he, so she's having an existential crisis. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. But um, I don't know. Yeah, something I think I, f- I feel like I appreciate this time around, 10 years later. I'm not a parent. I'm 34. But um, I feel like I'm much more able to view things from the perspective of the parents and to understand that Mason isn't connecting with them at all. Like, so there's a scene where, um, so earlier on in the movie, Patricia Arquette, her and her abusive husband are separating. She's going to a, stay at a friend's house with her kids. Her kids are going to a new school now. <clears throat> and her daughter, um This is, is Bill. The new dad's name is Bill. Yeah. And what's the daughter's name again? Uh
1: the daughter is some Sam.
0: Sam. Sam's all pissed off at her mom. Like when are we going back? We don't have our clothes. Like we were in such a hurry. There's like and Mason yeah, yeah. is kind of annoyed too, like I think she wants to like give him a kiss or a hug or something like that and he's kind of annoyed he kind of brushes her off and it is like this complete inability of the kids to connect with the struggle that their parents are going through because they have they have no perspective. <laughs> they are not yeah. they haven't reached adulthood. They have no perspective. One hundred percent. But also I was gonna like that's so on point.
1: But also earlier on in the movie when there's like this moving away from uh, Ethan Hawke's character, when they're like, Okay, we're gonna be moving away from Mason Sr. And like this is another moment I relate to, uh, when the daughter Sam's like, Nope, we're not going. Like like we're not moving anymore, like I'm tired of doing that. And I remember like having a similar conversation with my parents when they were like going from uh Oakland to Martinez, and I was just like, no, it's like, like, I'm already, like, we've moved a couple times, I'm good at making friends, I got the friends here, don't want to do this again, and they're just like, no, like, it's more of just like, there's a lot of factors going along here, and this is more of just like for a benefit for the family as a whole so you have to like that's just sort of what's happening here and everyone should be okay with that but when the dad bill is like literally hiding his uh fifth his, sorry his handles of vodka behind like the laundry detergent and like drink sneaking his drinks and like bossing his kids around to do all these chores and then it just escalates to the point where she has to go for her own safety it's like they just think oh we're just moving again it's like, no you're like you're not moving yeah. again for like for, for like a better career like you're moving because this is now Actively dangerous and abusive, and you have to get out of this house. And they're like, "But your kids," and so you just (laughs) you think you're just doing it for another. And it's like the kids not compute.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the kids are caught up in their own world. They there's this failure to understand their mother and to like be compassionate to their mother. Like that's one of those things where it's like I'm sure there have been times in my life. There are times in my life where it's like, at the time I was just like a selfish little kid, just you know, caught up in my own world, and you know, I burned my parents in in ways where looking back on it, it's like, man, fuck that, like, 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 uh, yeah, I needed to have more compassion, I needed to have more understanding for what my parents were going through because it is hard being an adult. It is very hard. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but also on the flip side, it's like you don't know, it's like you're a kid. Yeah, you don't know. The slate slate is fucking blank, and so, like, the only thing you know is what you're watching, and so, like, it's, yeah, like, I'm like, I say, I go back to reflecting on my own life. Like, yeah, like things are great. It's like not having to like overhear like very heated, yeah, absolutely. like yeah. divorce argument. Like, this stuff is like really heavy. And like, yeah, so like, I feel for how everything kind of like plays out here. And I definitely like sympathize with sort of Mason's kind of evolution to where he goes. And I also really appreciate that Samantha sort of hits those points a little bit earlier on. Like, she kind of has that rebellious emo hair kind of phase uh before and then sort of see mason kind of get to it a little bit later on and then yeah but by the time mason kind of hits that sam's clearly like already about to like move out and clearly getting more like well adjusted and like I don't know. so it seems like it kind of works out for them in the long run but yeah it's definitely a very uh a rocky road
0: what do you think of uh ethan hawk uh
1: i like him i like him a lot i like that he sort of He's, he's very honest towards the end when he's like, yeah, like I was a fuck up and it took me a while to sort of become this better per- version of myself because when he first arrives, it's like, oh, uh, he's disrupting the kid handoff thing. He's kind of like, you know, just going to bowling, the bowling alley, eating French fries, you know, not, not let them do their homework. He's kind of yeah. the irresponsible dad. But then as things go on, he is making an effort to make a connection he's asking questions and he's clearly like a loving dad and cares he's just like just in a situation where he's just separated
0: yeah we do get that moment too when he's older he's remarried he has a a new baby and he mentions like it's all about timing like now i've become the man that you know maybe your mother would have stayed with uh it's just it took me longer to get here sort of thing um, yeah and I appreciate that and like I adore
1: Ethan Hawke I think he's yeah. great and yeah just seeing like the young version of him just made me smile so much I was like yeah like that's fucking 2002 <laughs> Ethan Hawke and like that's like him from like training day era and to see him grow into like be this older more sagey kind of vibe it just felt it felt very authentic to me
0: I haven't seen the before movies that him and Richard Linklater did with yeah, uh, yeah. Julie Delpy but uh, so i think this might be the movie that like made me fall in love with ethan hawk this and first reformed um, okay but uh yeah i i love his character in this movie i love that he's like the vessel for communicating like the politics of the time period by like being a yeah. like anti-war which is rare uh well i mean there were there were people who were opposed to the iraq war i remember when i was a kid man My mom, if she listens to this, she's going to be so upset. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I remember I was in like the, I I think I was a freshman in high school. Uh, And I remember we were going to a war with Iraq and thinking like, that's bullshit. Like, like, why are we doing this? And my mom saying something about, she said something along the lines of, because I was like, you know pissing on bush and stuff and she was like he's our president we have to support him (laughs) and then cut to you know a few years later when we're in the midst of the iraq war and she was like fuck that asshole (laughs) like she like fucking hated him uh but it was like i think yeah (laughs) the the i think that's something this movie doesn't didn't totally capture was just like how nine eleven fucking affected the country but may but it's also that's not what this movie's about <laughs> but at, it's, it's, yeah but it is operating as a time capsule in many ways and i feel like that's kind of hard not to you know yeah touch I, like,
1: I do appreciate that it's there in the very surface level way that it is um like i think that's just a very easy way to sort of like um Kind of c- compartmentalize chunks of your life yeah. in the most basic way possible because it's like it's four years and sometimes it feels like it's a if sometimes it's like a great eight years sometimes it's a really bad eight years yeah. you know and it's easy to just be like okay those chunks like Bush, Kerry, Obama, McCain and so I really appreciate that because that's a, a very I think a very familiar way to just recall memories and to recall telling these like tentpoles in your life. Because if you're talking about coming of age in like the, the coming of age movie, you don't really get a lot of like holidays or birthdays with Mason. You don't really get yeah. any of those quote unquote, like iconic childhood moments. You know, there's not even like stuff with like puberty or stuff like, you know, not a, like that awkward shit is, it's more just like you get these moments of advice or these moments of, tenderness or whatever it may be and i think that's really fascinating because it paints the life in a very different way and i think it it makes you just think about like oh yeah it's not all just like traumatic moments and being it's not history that yeah yeah. but but it's also it's like you get dips of history but just like just enough to be in like to like to remember a really uh, tense uh, moment with like like, uh, can I put this Obama poster on your wall? It's like, do you, do I look like an Obama p- supporter to you? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, get the hell off my lawn. I could, like, I could literally shoot <laughs> oh, you right now. And I'm just like, like oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I sort of relate to that. Like, I've had similar <laughs> interactions like that. So, yeah, it works for me.
0: Yeah, I canvassed for uh, getting gay marriage on the ballot. And I remember, okay. like, in, in the Bay Area. Uh, and I remember going to someone's house. And they just, like flat out rejected me they're like i'm glad it's illegal and all this stuff and I was yeah like, oh okay they uh, yeah, like, like fuck off yeah it's like this sucks <laughs> but yeah i mean like when i look back on my own life and like coming of age experiences i don't necessarily i guess i don't think of 9-11 <laughs> uh yeah. but i don't know but i i don't know i
1: mean when like we, when I got to SF State, I remember the night where Obama like yeah. won very vividly because we like the RA's we were like marching, nuts. marching through the campus, uh, ch- chanting for change, and, and the RA's were like, "We know you're happy, we're and we're happy too, but it's like eleven thirty, twelve, you guys, time to time to wrap it up."
0: Yeah, it would have been. That is something I thought about was like it doesn't feel like the time period that he grows up with that he grows up in necessarily defines him in a way like he's like being exposed to the war in Iraq. He's being exposed to, you know, uh, the Obama campaign. Um, he, we don't see him come out of this. Uh, and he was like five when nine eleven 11 this starts in 2002. So he's already, you know, post nine 11. Um, he, he doesn't come out of this like highly passionate about politics or anything. Uh, yeah, he has a perspective on social media but Yeah. Yeah. And technology which, I I think, guess, which yeah, is which I think
1: is fair. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I was gonna mention, um I think is more of like a geographical thing. So I think about like um Olivia's two very bad husbands that she sort of gets with are both or very feel like bad like the first guy's like a more buttoned up. Guy on the right, so to speak, like closeted. Alcoholic mm-hmm. golfer, um, very totalitarian at home. He like he wants the wants Samantha dusting. He wants Mason raking leaves and shit. And it's very clearly kind of like this militaristic kind of mindset. Her second husband is literally a corrections officer who's like a post Iraq or post Afghan war veteran. Who's like, he, first he comes back, he's like, yeah, like, you know, we were great. We we did everything right over there. We were like, you know, we were actually trying to communicate and everything. And 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 then later he sort of falls into alcoholism as well. And then the scene that, that really sticks out to me is this birthday, the only birthday that we see, and yeah. his grandfather gives him a gun and a Bible. Yeah, hell <laughs> <Just> yeah. Like, <laughs> and a suit. And it's just like, okay... <laughs> Yeah, of course, Mason's gonna be an angsty photographer. Like, if he's sort of growing up with these like alcoholic, conservative dad, like stepdads, and you know, his dad's actually this cool liberal dude. Sort of maybe, uh, maybe him being an angsty photographer is like the best possible outcome. Yeah,
0: that's what I was gonna say. Like, does it feel like by the end of the movie, it makes sense that this is a man who has been shaped by his circumstances? Uh, Like, I may, yeah. Because I, I, yeah, it is, it is like the best you could hope for. <laughs> like, he grew yeah. up in a pretty volatile environment, but he had parents who loved him. His mom really put in the work to take care of him. She married some fucking assholes, and, you know, that was her horrific experience. But he had a father who cared about him, communicated with him, yeah. uh, took and, him out you know, to the river, yeah, <laughs> to, tried to be to invested pay. in his life. Um, And so, yeah, this is kind of the best you could hope for is that, like, he also took a light appreciation of the arts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, like I also mentioned earlier, like, once you're in high school, 18, it's like, you're, you're just, you're, that's like, you're right in the oven. You're still in the oven getting cooked. Like, you're still, like, your brain is still figuring shit out. And so th- those next four years are just, like, even more monumental and, like, just life-changing in ways that, yeah, it's like, you're growing up and you're becoming, like, figuring out the world and being a human in these, you know, earlier ages. But then, yeah, once you're, like, that 18 to 21, 22 kind of range, it's like, okay, now I'm fucking actually, like have to like make my own decisions and come to terms with who I actually want to be and that's sort of not really the point of what this is this is more just like the those magical years where you're still just kind of wandering and figuring things out
0: Um, Uh, let me see here uh did did you so so I have in my notes Mason getting mad about dad promising him a car when he was in third grade (laughs) did you do you ever have something like that in your memories because I do
1: um, no, not really. Nothing ever quite like that. Um,
0: I think I remember, like, my dad... We had a bunch of uh, construction sites near where I grew up. And, like, my dad said... I think it was, like, when we turn... When you turn 12 or 13 or something, uh, we're going to get dirt bikes and we'll ride around, like, these construction sites. And, gotcha. like, I held on to that. And, like, we never discussed <laughs> it again... But, like, I turned, oh, like, dang. 12 or 13, and, like, obviously it didn't happen, and I was, like, disappointed. But it was, like, we had never discussed it again. <laughs> like, it was, like, <laughs> something front. he said once, and, like, I held on to it for years. Um, That's great. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't, I'm not sure. Nothing quite like that. Um, like I said, there's a lot of, like, very small, like, media details that I, like, latched onto. Um, the, him and his uh, neighborhood friend, ogling the jc penny catalog i hate to say it but yes that is another memory uh, from my childhood for me it wasn't
0: jc penny catalogs it was yeah. a dude i remember we were walking home from middle school and some like older teenagers pull up in their in their car at like an intersection we're crossing the street they just like held like a porn bag out the window <laughs> and then we grabbed it and then they just sped off just like just like Amazing. delivering porn to like uh kids in, in puberty
1: that's fucking amazing.
0: Yeah. Um. I
1: guess the scene I think that I relate to the most is honestly the dark room conversation where the mm. teacher's kind of like, hey, like you're, like, you're good at this, but, like, you fucking really need to push yourself. I've had uh, permutations of that same conversation quite a bit in my life, uh, sort of just being in the position that I'm in where I'm always just like, yeah, like... You're great, but if you just need that extra push of dedication and discipline and actual hours to to make your natural talents actually fucking worthwhile, because if not, you're just gonna be like any other dude out there. Yeah, there's so many people I know. Like, there are so many talented, talented musicians I've known in my lifetime that sort of just like just didn't quite dedicate their time to that and just went on a completely different path.
0: Well, it's it's a different skill.
1: That's what life is. You know, Just it's not a, a bad thing, necessarily. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just how life is. And I think that scene just rings very true, because I think it's just... Sometimes you just really need to have those things kind of laid out plainly, and I definitely had to have those kind of conversations, for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, the way I've always looked at it is, like, you have to be a salesperson to... Uh make it financially as an artist uh, to some degree. And I think the best yeah. artists aren't necessarily the best salespeople. Uh, and the best yeah. salespeople aren't necessarily the best artists. And that's why there's a lot of shitty art out there <laughs> uh, yeah. getting pumped into theaters. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel like that's kind of a recurring thing in this movie is just, there's a lot of pep talks. Like it's his dad telling him like, you know, it, it, Ask girls questions, take an interest in them, and then you'll be miles ahead of every other guy out there. There's his teacher yeah. saying, uh, you know, you're talented, but you're not going to make it on talent alone. You got to really, you need some discipline. It is his boss telling him, uh, I, want, I want you to be fry cook. I think you got it in you. Like, <laughs> there's so many, there's so many pep talks in this. There's even a moment, like, towards the end of the movie, the mom telling uh, a guy who's working on their, uh, what is it? some some working on their house yeah Yeah, she tells him uh you know you're smart you should be in school he's like i don't really have time for that and she's like oh you can take night classes like there's night classes at the community college they're pretty cheap years later weird scene i remember thinking this was so weird back in the day uh yeah they're at a restaurant that same guy comes up and he says uh, you know, I don't know if you remember me, but you know, we had this brief interaction. You told me I was smart and that I should go to school, and I, I did. And like now, yeah. I'm you know, I'm in college or whatever. Uh, I'm a manager here. Um, I yeah, found that it, so yeah. What were your thoughts on that?
1: It is a little odd. I think I just kind of connected to the gimmick. Like there's there's I, there's plenty of ways to show the passing of time, but I think that's another very uh, a, a very clear one. Be like okay, like have this guy show yeah. up x amount of years later and then he, he's v- clearly very much in a different stage of his life because yeah. of something a character said and so yeah if you're gonna if you're doing a long form fucking 12 year movie production like whoever like, you can get like, bring him back <laughs> yeah it's like I, I don't blame you for including something like that because um, I mean but yeah but it, it, is, it does stick out it does
0: feel um, there are probably better ways to do it more subtle ways to do it so having said that when I initially saw this movie that scene really stood out to me, struck me as weird on the rewatch still strikes me as weird. However, it did get me thinking there have been times in my life where someone said something that like stuck with me and, or like a brief interaction and it changed the trajectory of my life. So I was telling Emily about this last night. Um, there was this guy I met, his name's Peter Acosta. I'm shouting him out. Uh, we're not friends, (laughs) but, uh, he's, he's a friend of a friend. And, um, so like I had some friends in town they were visiting I think Peter lived in San Francisco so they were like you know we were all getting drinks and that's that's how I met him um me and him are sitting at the bar uh you know ordering drinks he had gone to SF State for film and so he was asking me like oh what do you want to do there uh like what what's your focus or whatever and I was like oh I think I want to do like theory you know I kind of want to like teach um and he said you're spending all this money to go to school where you have access to this equipment you should make use of that equipment and do production and because of that conversation because of that one yeah. comment I, jo- I was like yeah you're right and so like I joined the cinema collective uh, if I hadn't joined the cinema collective you and I probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably I probably not, wouldn't yeah. be married to Emily <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so yeah like that completely changed the trajectory of my life um just recently so i i recently quit my job and i was on the fence about it for a really long time and i a new person uh was hired at my job and we were you know having an introductory conversation i asked them you know tell me about your history and stuff uh she had she did like user research um but she took a year off and uh, took a, a year away from user research and I was like what, what did you do and she was like oh I worked in a sushi restaurant <laughs> I was like what What motivated that decision and she was like well I, I was so tired of like being in an office I was tired of working remotely especially during the pandemic um, that I felt like I needed to be around people I needed to like do something with my hands you know and I was like I completely relate to that <laughs> and so a week later I quit <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. but it is just, yeah. So it, it's unusual. I think maybe the execution of it is a little weird, but at the same time, it's like that shit fucking happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Any final thoughts? Um, I mean, I have a ton of notes in here, man. Um, let me see here. The Star notes. Wars conversation. <laughs> crazy. That like, yeah. So I think that scene's supposed to take place in two thousand and eight, maybe two thousand nine. Um which like I think it's like three years after Revenge of the Sith. And but but he's so the conversation is the dad is like, Oh, do you think they're gonna make any more Star Wars? And then he Mason's like, Oh, I don't know. I mean, what could they do? Like this game <laughs> this game I this game I'm playing, I, I think it would have to take place during the time of this game I'm playing. I looked it up, Force and Leash came out, I think, in two thousand eight. Um, so I'm guessing that's when this conversation was, but that was two years before Lucasfilm was sold to Disney and like seven years before the force awakens. So like that, and like a lot of the social media conversations and like his criticisms of social media, it was like, wow, how, uh, you know, ahead of its time, (laughs) these conversations are, these little premonitions, very appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like some of the stuff... I, I wonder if they kind of cheated with some of the pop culture stuff. Uh, so there's a shot of him watching TV we, and then a shot of the TV and he's watching Dragon Ball Z. I wonder if they just shot him watching TV and then down the line they were like, okay, what was culturally relevant? And then they do an insert of a TV of Dragon Ball Z. Um, that's my conspiracy theory, is that like okay. they do... Uh, yeah they do like inserts of stuff that they know was culturally relevant like looking back but um that's my conspiracy theory I don't I, I, I don't know if that's true <laughs> I think that's a, a way to cheat it
1: maybe I also yeah I was dad's obsessed with Dragon Ball Z yeah. around that time around that tsunami era so it, uh, it feels uh, of the time
0: yeah at least. I mean he could have just yeah been talking to kids of the age and been like what's big what is the most popular thing right now yeah. Could have just as um, easily been watching Pokemon or something. Yeah.
1: Um, this very subtly devastating moment when they're mo- moving out of their house and he has to paint over his height marks. Oh, um, yeah. So I still have height marks in this house wow. from when I was, like, at, uh, like... Yeah, so, like, middle school up until high school. So that, that, like that last stretch of growing. Um, but, yeah, I remember, like, moving from my first house or whatever from back where uh Oakland or wherever it was but I remember like being separated from like that like that very like interesting moment and I was like that that's a very another key detail of like yeah like it's a, a very physical and tactile sort of way to look at (laughs) like <laughs> your life in a very strange way of just like this is the house I live in and these like crayon yeah. pencil marks are like the like where I was as a human being and so yeah it's it's very odd and so I think yeah the scene of him painting over it was really powerful to me I don't know why that like just that image just felt like just so traumatic and like heavy for a child it's like yeah like a kid just like would not be able to process just like, erasing a memory like that but, but, uh, interesting uh-huh. movie yeah a lot of stuff in it.
0: What have you been watching lately?
1: Okay, so last week, or at least two weeks ago, I finished the IMDb Top 100 poster. Finally completed with it, all 100 movies have been watched. The last movie on the list was uh, Your Name, mm. which is a very gorgeous, uh, fantastic movie that just absolutely destroyed me because it's uh, about romance and <laughs> anything about romance is just going to cut me to the core at the moment. Uh, so I highly recommend your name. But I wanted to mention sort of my experience with the poster as a whole. Um, I think it's it's a very good list. I think the IMDb Top 100 is like a a, a very good cross-section of movies. A lot of classics up there. I, I do think I do have some issues with the list because I feel like there is some stuff thrown in there that seems to be appeasing, Kind of like this... Uh, I I feel like things are thrown in there because they were either nominated for Best Foreign Film or they won Best Foreign Film or they were sort of given these accolades. Like some of these films like The Hunt or uh, uh, Capernaum or Life is Beautiful. These are films that are really, really heavy heavy and very dramatic and they kind of stuck out. They don't really feel like they fit the uh, the flow of kind of the poster because the poster seems to be like a lot of like popcorn blockbuster yeah, popcorn. big film yeah. like big films because and it's feel it also feels like it's heavily heavily skewed towards like christopher nolan and like movies that are just sort of like yeah. generally popular like he has six movies on there he has memento the prestige the dark knight the dark knight rises interstellar and inception on there and i'm not going to list all these other movies that are on there but uh hitchcock is on there four times tarantino is on there four times Spielberg is on there three times. Uh, Peter Jackson is on there three times. And Charlie Chaplin is on there three times. So it feels like it's also very male-dominated. Mm-hmm. I was one, it's like there's one female director on there amongst, at least uh, at, at a glance. There might be another one, but it seems like there's only one on the list. And I was like, yeah, why is there no like, Sofia Coppola or like, a Catherine Bigelow? I, f- I feel like they definitely have movies in their filmography that absolutely fit the bill of what would work for the top... One hundred, like I was like, I feel like Lost in Translation would be an easy fit for this list, and w- it's a better choice over movies like Life is Beautiful. What is just, the like, uh, not
0: age- who's the female director and what's the movie that's on there?
1: Um, it's, unfortunately, it's a film I didn't really care for, but it's a. Uh, cur- uh, c- Make sure I'm pronouncing this uh, correctly. It's a uh, Capernaum, and it's uh the f- director's name is Nadine L- Labaki okay uh she is uh lebanese lebanese filmmaker it's very like realistic it's like um cinema verite like 100 percent. it's just like the story of this young boy just like on the streets of lebanon and just like tr- like he's just has very very traumatic life and so it kind of felt like trauma porn like poverty porn to me a little bit because it's mm-hmm. just like just very very desolate life of this kid um but I don't know, people seem to really enjoy it. Uh it was definitely a big like the critics seem to enjoy it and it was a big festival, darling. Um, but I feel like that is the case for a lot of the more dramatic movies that are included on this list. Like I say, I think it's weird that a movie like The Hunt is next to Toy Story Three and the Toy That's Story so Three is like <laughs> like the the mature like the mature toy story movie of all four of them probably but it's like next to a movie about a teacher being accused of like abusing a kid and so it just yeah. feels like if you were to like go through this list blindly yeah, you might a like lot. Some, you yeah you like if you just went through this in order you might like have a very bad movie night next to like a really great movie night yeah. so i i would say my ultimate review of this list is it's a great list i loved going through and watching all of these movies and filling in the gaps but if you're going to go through the imdb top 100 be uh, don't do it blindly be, like look up <laughs> look up those synopsis like look up what this movie is what they're about because some of the foreign ones are very heavy some of the world war ii movies are like just yeah they're, they're just gut punches and like yeah they'll be like next to toy story but like, oh yeah this, is, this this sounds fun but it can be a little deceptive um what but yeah that's what uh, go ahead
0: uh, what year did this list was it like
1: published uh, I'm not sure, but Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is oh, on wow. it, so it definitely okay. came out. Yeah, also it also has, like, a, a recency bias, like, it yeah, has that, definitely. it has Parasite, um, Into the Spider-Verse is on it, which I think is kind of odd, because I'm a Spider-Man 2 believer, I think that's the, the true definitive Spider-Man film, but Into the Spider-Verse is great, but I think Spider-Man 2 is... I think, I don't know, that's like, to me, that's like the definitive Spider-Man movie. Um, You sort of, Into the Spider-Verse doesn't really work without knowledge of like a movie like Spider-Man 2. You sort of need that like, and I don't want no Sam Raimi erasure. Like Sam Raimi deserves to be on that list too, and I don't think he's on it. Um, But yeah, that's my adventure with the IMDb Top 100 list. Um, Yeah, wish there were more female directors on there but overall it was a very fun journey I recommend people listen to it I think the movies that surprised me the most was Witness for the Prosecution it's a 1957 film by Billy Wilder with a fantastic script and just a, a just an amazing just a fucking crazy journey, this courtroom movie that just takes very crazy twists and turns and it's just a, a fantastic movie that and Harakiri the 1962 anti-samurai film that is Fantastic, um so
0: that's basically it. Um, what have you been watching this week? Um, I saw across the spider verse speaking of, yeah,, uh, it was fucking great. <laughs> I really, <laughs> really liked it. um, I think the like it it's so liberating uh to see how animation is used in that movie that. Yeah. They're like we can do whatever we want. Like why would we be constrained to trying to make this real? Why would we be constrained to like like the way um during the Gwen Stacy scenes that like the background yeah. shifts according to the emotional uh state of the characters in the moments. Um it's just like yeah, like this is fucking mo- movies baby, storytelling baby. Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, that was, I would, yeah, that's like unfairly good, how, yeah. like,
1: beautiful those, like, frames were. Yeah, just, like, just the bleeding of, the like, this, like, I uh, was it, uh, this watercolor just, like, bleeding. Yeah. It's just, like, these, this pot, like, uh, yeah,
0: it's just, uh, it, it, chef's kiss, it. God damn it. it it's, <laughs> yeah, it's wild that Spider-Man, this comic book character, is being used as a vessel to, like, show mass audiences what animation can do. And also at the same time the movies are completely respecting the characters and respecting the history uh, of the character and like you know it's gone through the hands of so many creators and stuff showing us like the actual comic books on screen and like actual frames from comic books and stuff that is completely like honoring its history while still yeah. like setting out to be this insane achievement in in terms of animation Uh yeah, man, it's fucking yeah. special. <laughs> uh, spoilers,
1: warning, spoilers, warning, spoilers, warning. So I said it three times, so that's a fair <laughs> warning. Um, there's a lot of shit in this movie yeah. that is just a fucking amazing. Um, personally, when Donald Glover showed up, I was yeah. like, fucking, this is like, we finally have kind of come full circle from just like this. Uh, Donald for Spider-Man, Black Spider-Man campaign that inspired Miles Morales to exist in the first place. And now we sort of have Donald Glover in there as the Prowler and sort of egging on and, like, booing villains as things are going on. It just made me so fucking happy to see that. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I was frustrated in my screening because as they're having the conversation... In the end of the movie when he's realizing that he's in the wrong universe one of the staff from the theater came out came into the theater with a garbage can i was
0: like oh
1: no like this is is it i was like oh no this is like this we're just getting started here like i i could definitely do another hour give me another two or three hours of this that's what emily's so invested yeah i was just like this is just like joy to the veins and i can't believe it's ending at the point that it ended at yes people sort of (laughs) shit on dune for being like oh a part one but i was like no this is like they fucking just cut it off at a point i was like no like (laughs) this this, there's more this is just the tip yeah
0: as soon as we see miles morales as the prowler i was like oh no like don't i didn't realize it was going to be a part one so i was like do not end it here (laughs) like you need to (laughs) we need to live within this for a long time uh and so fortunately that's going to happen it's just going to happen in the next movie um i was afraid they were going to like try and they were going to try and wrap things up very quickly uh yeah
1: yeah no but yeah just what a
0: fucking setup for (laughs) like a rescue mission yeah Pretty, pretty And they also, and, I like that they set up how he's gonna get out already. Like, they show him, like, touching the chain, and he's, like, getting his electrical power ready, or whatever. So it's yeah, like, yeah. so, like, Emily was saying, um, she's like, yeah, I feel like with a lot of cliffhangers, you know, they set up these, like, terrible conditions where you're like, how are they going to get out of this? And then within the first 10 minutes of the next movie, they get out of it so that they can have like yeah. this adventure. Like at least this is giving you a preview of, yeah, it might happen within 10 minutes because here's what he's going to do. Um, yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Still, yeah. Still lost in, another dimension um yeah i I think yeah it's really tricky because in my mind there's only two examples that come to mind there's the ending of kill bill where she sort of is ends like on the top a little bit she beats the crazy 88s and was like puts the assistant in the trunk and it's clearly like she's on the road she's like she's she's kicked a lot of ass mm-hmm. she's doing good and then I think of the end of the Matrix Reloaded yes. where it kind of just like to we're just gonna pause it, right. like, it yes yeah, like we're just gonna just put it on pause like we just did like an entire hour of a climax let's just press pause yeah. and just come
0: back to although it. I remember walking out of the theater at Reloaded and just being like okay I guess <laughs> like I guess we'll yeah. see what happens yeah. whereas here I'm like fuck <laughs> like I I didn't get yeah. in there. Uh
1: yeah I, it, I i'm not condoning how reloaded ended because i remember seeing that as a child and being like what the fuck like i was like who is this person and i was like who who is this man i, I totally forgot who Locke was or yeah yeah no, not lock that character was, I, was like, I forgot at that point but yeah but this was a very nice cliffhanger very good way to end it and i do appreciate that this movie was gwen's story essentially mm-hmm. you sort of have this emotional climax with her and her father that was just really sweet and nicely done and Yeah, and and again, elevated by this just incredible visual, just gorgeous animation. I was going to say Your Name was, like, the best animated thing I've seen recently because Your Name is incredible, and it's, like, five stars across the board on Letterboxd, and, like, it is 100% worth a watch. But, like, yeah, Spider-Verse is, like, it's doing something different. It's just on a—it's just— a different beast, different monster. Uh, Spider Punk is oh yeah doing weird shit. He's he's, he's Very doing weird shit. Fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, inclusion. Oh. Yeah, it's just it's just madness, just visual madness. Yeah, I
0: think they did a great job with just like all of the parent stuff, especially Miles and his mom. Like, there's yeah a conversation with her where it's like, I don't know, like I think it's funny that we're watching this as we're going through these. Uh, coming-of-age movies, and then watching Boyhood right after, which is so much about, like, the relationships between parents and their kids. Uh, Yeah, yeah, this movie just fucking nails it. Um, Yeah, I like that it spent, it gave us way more time with the parents. Did you get the sense that it feels like uh, this is me, now I'm doing my, um, uh, not necessarily conspiracy theory, but maybe I'm gonna get weird. Uh, It felt like a coming-out story. (laughs) like because okay like maybe that's just where my head at was at because okay at the beginning of the movie uh gwen stacy in her room she has a protect trans kids poster i don't know if you noticed that and then no uh, but i saw a
1: screenshot of that later on online
0: um and then we have there's this whole element of like miles is hiding something from his parents something like deeply personal and like he wants to tell them but like he's afraid of how it's going to impact their relationship um i think it got me thinking especially like the the trans poster got me especially thinking about like there's this idea in the movie about uh you know their (laughs) their future isn't set in stone you know uh they are they are not what they were assigned at at birth perhaps uh he you know he is uh there's this idea of fate and which kind of ties into the matrix too also a trans allegory uh there's this idea of fate and you know how is he going to rewrite his future uh the the idea that like his father is going to die um because that is what is canon that is uh an event that is continuous throughout all of these spider people stories um and so like okay how is he going to challenge that he's already a, an anomaly like he he shouldn't yeah. be a spider-man his the spider that bit him was from another dimension this is all a mistake already so we're already off the map um yeah 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 it might be a reach but like i don't I, like part of me like half expected a joke that like his parents were like you know, waiting for him to come out because they know that he's lying about something that he has this big emotional secret. But it's they yeah. never make that joke, um, which I'm relieved at. Uh, yeah. But it did get me. It did get my head in that space. Um, I don't know. Well, I'm not and sure. And it's also Maybe. it also came out during Pride Month. <laughs> so. yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe your just your head. Was yeah, in that I think I'm just. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious to know if other people have have that reading uh, online. I haven't looked at Twitter, so
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been off it for like a week,
0: and not looking, and yeah. trying to avoid. Um, yeah, interesting. Oh, I also love the spot uh, as a character. Yeah. I like that we have this like comedic uh, villain who is rising above his villain of the week status to be. Uh, you know, an absolute menace. Um, I like the Indian Spider-Man. Um, yeah. Yeah, just a lot of fun stuff. So It's a good time. It's a very, very and good time. And they set us up uh, for the return of Spider-Ham and Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, the, this, the follow-up of this is going to be just a... Uh, uh, overwhelmingly it's just like it's gonna be just like a lot going on hopefully they can kind of get that balance so this is gonna be a lot of a lot of fun things they can do and so it's yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how they balance that and have it not be like a three and a half hour movie
0: yeah yeah it'd be kind of refreshing if it was just like an hour and a half like this is just the ending like yeah. previous movie we wrote it it was too long we cut it in two <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. could be into it um
1: OK, before we sort of wrap it up and choose the next theme, oh, gosh. Uh, I just want to mention since uh, since before we finish, before we walk away from coming of age, I just want to mention some other coming of age movies just because there's so many different types and versions of coming of age stories. I just wanted to give a quick rundown of a list. Uh, if you want a certified hood classic, if you want something a little more black, boys in the hood great coming of age movie if you want something i watched on the plane that i thought was really fun that seems like a a good uh remix of a familiar formula book smart i was a big fan of super bad that was like my my like high school movie book smart is a a fantastic movie some they say it's a super bad with girls because it's very vulgar but i think it's deeper than that i think it's very fun very sweet film with uh beanie felstein who's uh jonah hill's sister in that movie so you have a you could do a double feature, super bad and smart. It'd be a good double feature. Uh, if you want an Italian classic that was featured on the IMDb Top 100 list, uh, that is a great coming-of-age film, Cinema Paradiso. It's about a young boy who falls in love with projecting film, and so it's a great love letter to film, uh, if you want something weird, uh, would you agree that *A Clockwork Orange* just kind of has Whoa, coming I of age? Know. Probably, you don't. You, would you Would you disagree? Or would it you would be interesting. It,
0: it, 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 it would be interesting to make the case for it. If, if it
1: definitely feels like about like adolescence, sort of being challenged and sort of hitting the wall of authority. So I think it kind of it had when I watched it a couple months ago. I was like, this feels like a very twisted Stanley Kubrickian Cooper, kind of coming of age, dark tale going into darkness kind of thing uh debate me in the comments fight me if you're not into it uh, uh if you want something whimsical and animated uh spirited away is a great coming of age movie a fairy tale about a girl going into the fantasy world really enjoy that we talked about that on the show and then lastly if you want something more recent check out eighth grade i watched mm. that last yeah, night and i really something. enjoyed it directed by bo burnham and it's more of like deals with modern social media stuff in a way it's like four it's like four years after boyhood so it's definitely deeper into the social media shit and deeper into the bad things like uh school shootings and stuff so highly recommended that you watch that
0: Um, Um, one that i almost chose for my pick was a movie it's on netflix right now it's called duck season it's a black and white indie from mexico about uh two 14 year old boys Uh, I think it's like a Sunday. They're just having a a boring, lazy Sunday playing video games. Uh, The neighbor comes over because her oven's broken. She needs to make a cake. They order pizza. Hmm. The pizza man's a little late, so they try and tell him our pizza's free. And he is uh, protesting. (laughs) The power goes out. Pizza man refuses to leave. (laughs) Uh, All four of these people are just hanging out in an apartment uh, all day without power. Um, And it's pretty good. Um, It is a movie. Yeah, it's just it's a movie I saw. Gosh, maybe in like two thousand eight, and it. I think maybe because it's little known, it's kind of quiet. It feels kind of like a Jim Jarmusch movie, and it's just kind of always stuck with me. But uh, yeah, the fact that it's on Netflix now, it's it's nice to see that it's available.
1: Right on. That helps. All right, and the roll all we'll this just die. Oh yeah. So, uh, wait. Before we do that, we should remove kind oh, of age. Oh, we should.
0: Is it still on there? Okay. Yeah. What do we want to add to that? Kind of want to do this one. You want to do this one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. This chaos.
1: I'm slide this table over to me. Slide this table. Number 18. 18.
0: Detective story. Detective. Ooh. This will be fun. I mean, Big Lebowski is the one that always comes to mind for me.
1: Hmm, detective stories. Brick. I mean, there's Muppets Most Wanted. Muppets Most Wanted. I don't I think I've seen Muppets Most Wanted. Was that one that we did? Um, yeah, no, we, we didn't do that. Do that. that was just one I watched yeah. randomly. I can't even remember if, if, yeah, if the mystery is any good or if it's
0: just worthwhile. Um, I mean, hmm. Yeah, we could do like a, I don't know, like a Knives Out style thing. We could do a Noir what are what are you thinking
1: kind of leaning towards noir yeah i feel like mine need, need to do some searching for this one before we choose because there's there's a lot of things that are coming up as results and there's a lot of
0: my mind Blade runner like come different. on <laughs> uh, memento there's a lot of like classics Yeah. I don't know. I'm down to do anything I just said <laughs> I mean I'm also yeah I'd be down to do something I haven't seen like a more classic one yeah
1: um I would say let's not shoes and let's let's we'll shoes on yeah okay. let's, let's discuss it and then yeah because I feel like yeah there's a lot of things to choose from and this is I'm leaning towards noir but um there's a lot of classic noirs I haven't seen. And
0: Do you so, Pink Panther? I don't know if one, a comedy? <laughs> All right, yeah, know. we'll chat. We'll chat about it. Okay,
1: cool. All cool. right, well, this has been episode 127 of Vague Zone. Uh, we have not decided we're watching for 128 for our next theme of detective films, but we will decide and let you know. But we have just finished our coming-of-age coverage. If you would like to reach out to us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or theme suggestions, let us know. Tweet at us, at VagueZone on Twitter. Let us know what you're watching. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. We'll see you next time.